This is Colossus, and you are listening to The High Regard Show. The High Regard Show. It's a perfect example of when democracy has failed. Check out The High Regard Show. New episodes every Monday. Hey everybody, I'm Tom. And I'm Nikki. And this is the High Regard Show. In which we talk about things we hold in high regard. Very high. High above Harlem. Way up on the third floor. Moving on up. Oh, it don't get better than that. No, sir, it doesn't. Hey everybody, thank you again for joining us for week number 59. 59. Yeah. So, we're just sitting here, like, trying to discuss, like, the color of dying meat because... (laughs) Right now, I'm my stomach sounds like I have a piece of dying meat in it. I think from what well, first of all, you is. said that you think you have cancer. Well, maybe who knows? Like I, I asked you, does cancer make that bubbling sound? And I said that like part of me thinks that it like is toxic, like like toxic acid that like someone would get dipped to, into into a like you know into um a superhero movie to be, get like superpowers. I don't want either one. But then I honestly think that it's just like a dying organ. Like that's what cancer looks like. Like meat in like one of our neighborhood grocery stores. Yeah, where it's just like just a package of gray chocolate. Gray. Like it's just gray. You're not sure if it's meat. You're not sure if it's matter. Like you have no idea what it is. It's just And before you read gray. the label, like you're thinking like elephant meat. <laughs> like how exotic. And then you look at it, you're like going, oh, wait, ground chuck? What the hell is this? Why is it this color? Like what you like? Oh my god! I'm picturing it in the package with like the little p- foot, like how their foot has like the weird like arches on it, oh, like yeah. the toes or whatever yeah. it is. I know. And it's like I'm just <laughs> picturing like a slice of the toe, like Ew. in a package. Oh my god, that's awful. Well, you know, I feel like underneath that fur, dogs are kind of gray too. Like, did you ever like I, lift yeah. your dog's fur? Like that's kind of like the color of like a dying organ. It's like a bald dog. Not a normal bald dog that got like a tan over the years, and you're like going, "Oh, that looks like you know he's losing patches of hair, but he looks." But like a not chupacabra, so like how a chupacabra looks. Why they gray? They're like grayish and yeah, like they don't even exist. But that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're like. Let me explain to you what a chupacabra I'm looks. I'm telling you, you're from Long Island. You are from Long Island, man, and they were discovered. Just before we started dating, coincidentally, you know, on Long Island, not for nothing, man. And I remember one time when we were having like drinks on the beach, and it was all dark and stuff because we watched the sun go down, and something ran past me, and I was like, "It's a fucking chupacabra, Tom." Let me tell you something. Long Island's filled with a lot of scammers and politicians, thanks to the Hamptons. So why don't we get into your herd and dig into the latter of those two things? Well, then again, it's kind of both of those things all in one, isn't it? It is, Tom. All right. Well, then let's just do what you heard then. How about that? You heard? 
I feel like we were really going to go deep on that chupacabra thing, and I got really excited. So I know. That's I why I pulled second. out. I pulled out of it because I was like, I see where this is going right now. Chupacabra interrupts. Like, I was like, listen, man, this is a depressing, a very depressing show this week, and all of a sudden, I see you start talking about chupacabras, and I'm like, oh, and this is going to be a three-hour show. Whatever. I'm just surprised that you pr- didn't pronounce it chupacama. 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 <laughs> Anyway, this week's You Heard comes to us from Mercer between Spring and Prince. And this was a f- this was a little while ago, but I feel it goes with the sediment of the a lot of the country right now. Does that have to do with elephant feet? Thankfully not. I'm not really, though. No, go ahead. <laughs> I said thankfully not. Well, maybe that would have been better, but all right, go ahead. <laughs> I'm taking off for England. See, when you say a comment like that, and somebody's out like I if you're on the phone talking to somebody and you're like telling them like, hey, I'm going to England. That's your private conversation. If you're roaming down the street and you're talking to somebody who obviously doesn't know your plans. So how close did I are to you? And you got to like say it loud enough where other people could say that you're going somewhere. Well, you're kind of a dick. Because not all of us get to go places. She said it very airily. She was like, I'm taking off for England. Yeah, that's my point. Like, that, just the way she said it, the way you described it, and the fact that somebody has to be bragging about their vacation makes me want to throw up on them. How about that? And that's this week's you heard that Tom just bulldozed my one segment. My one segment that I get. Thank you, Mario Lopez. <laughs> Lord. Speaking of dick. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, listen, up till this point in time, we really have not gotten very political. We really haven't. I mean, I would say that my Facebook timeline is filled probably with a 50-50 split of Trump supporters and then people who never really talked about political stuff the entire time. Because they didn't think that they would have to. I, I think really that's it. And I mean, and I watch some people I know bully other people I know based on their opinions. And you're not the first person that, you know, has been complaining about this. Like one of my friends posted on social media and she is, um, you know, she's Middle Eastern and she's been here for like her whole life. Her parents came, um, you know, from Iran and they emigrated here. And she said that she was called a bully because she's been attending protests like here in the city. And she's been called a what bully. What does she weigh, like 60 pounds? Yeah, right? That's really not a, I'll show you a bully. And it's like, you're going to call someone, like you're, you're going to call like someone who is protesting that, Especially someone who is part of, you know, who he, who Donald Trump was targeting through his campaign. Like, no, what just happened was bullies won. Like, that's what happened. Brock Turner's won. Well, let's talk about a couple of things that happened as far as, like, the election nightmare. Um, the reactions from major cities mm-hmm. has been 
pretty overwhelming to this mm-hmm. point. It has, Like, yeah. people are, dare we say, talk of revolution? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, it's weird because I get it. Like, big cities went out and they did not vote for him. Like, the big cities mm-hmm. did not. So, like us, for instance, we went down to the polls. Everybody in our neighborhood, online, it seemed like we're just openly Clinton. Like, it didn't seem Very like much so. anybody Very much. was Trump. And, I mean, to the point where people were filling out their ballots out in the open. They weren't even, like, filling them out in privacy booths. Like, it was, yeah. Like, like it there was, just, was... like, oh, I'm ready to vote. I'm going to do yep. throw it in the machine. And it's like, I don't care. The people know and, I'm And the camaraderie was incredible. Like, just the people talking to each other and just, you know, like, that never really happened before, you know? And... I mean, it was just, it was a very different mood from the last election that we voted in. Like, it was very different, I feel. It was. And I think that, like, because we're in such, apparently now, looking at it, we are in a very small pocket, we did not believe there was any way whatsoever. And I think that a lot of the national news stations are based out of major cities Mm -hmm. and they weren't venturing outside of those major cities to find out like what the hell people were really thinking. And, you know, it's, it's mind blowing to think with all of those people in line, you went home that night and you're like, all right, well, you know, she won New York, she won New Jersey. Yeah. And, and just got the shit kicked out of her down the rest of like the Northeast and like and the entire the flyover states. Yeah. yeah. The entire flyover states were red. And I didn't get to watch the election because I have to get up so early that like I miss out on a lot of like major stuff until like I catch up in the morning. And when I woke up on Wednesday morning at 2.40 in the morning and you weren't next to me, I was like... Okay, either he's watching like historical TV, you know, like historical TV. Like, just, what, what do you like, think I do at night when you go no, to bed? I'm saying, I hope like, something historical. Can I finish? <laughs> yeah. Like historical, like a woman president. Like you were watching, oh, like just that. How no. like you know? I thought you were thinking like Abraham no, Lincoln. No, and I was like no. old Abe Lincoln. Mario, it's nice to have you back. Thanks for being on the show. (laughs) But when I woke up and then I came out and I was like, and I saw you and I had never seen you look like that before. Mm. Well, it was. And you just like, you hung your head and you were just like, and and he was, I woke up and just as he was giving his concessions or his, um, she was his victory speech. Oh yeah. Yeah. She'd already just, she called him already. But. Yeah, like just as he was saying that, he just got off the phone with her. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, you know, if it was just him, I think, for me personally, I'd be like, he sucks, whatever, but at least I know he can get reeled in by the other people, mm-hmm. you know? Where he is surrounding himself with the dumbest fucking people on the planet. <laughs> like... Like who? Like Giuliani and Christine. You know, I, I know. hate, I hate Rudy Giuliani. I hate him so and, much, as did so many New Yorkers when he was and, mayor. And, you know, and maybe to, I don't know, like my parents 
my mom in particular loves 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 Rudy Giuliani. And I explained to you why. Because she didn't live in New right, York when right, he of was course. there. But like she remembers like a lot of these people probably do. You know, he was such a fount of strength after 9-11. But and it was wasn't. at the tail but the press, what we were seeing in our national news made him to be a hero. Yeah. Like, and just like, you know, remember him coming out onto like, you know, in the middle of the rubble and being down at the, the scene and going on Saturday night live, telling people to like, like live life. And it, it, it's okay to live life. Like, you know, those poignant moments, those things that were written those for are him the to go out and say stuck out. Like, and those <laughs> things. So like people like from where I'm from, look at him. Like he is, such a like he is such a like strength and yeah no he is a huge huge weakness and back when he was mayor here his approval rating was dismal dismal but like how did that compare to like because i've heard horrible things about david dinkins right is that the one they were they were right up there man they were both literally right up there it, Giuliani's whole platform that he ran on was, you know, cleaning up New York of the mob. That was his big thing. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, once he got in, he really didn't do much. I mean, yeah, there were a couple of mob busts. But at the, by that time, the mob was falling apart and being brought right. out by corporate America. It's not like Giuliani came in and cleared out organized crime. Like Corporate it was, America came yeah. in and cleared out organized crime because they're the ones who made the real estate value skyrocket to the point where even people with mafia money couldn't afford to be in New York at that point. Right. And there was just these huge developments. And you also hate what he did to 42nd Street. I completely and like hate what that he did area. 42nd like, Street. And here, let me just explain this. I have no problem personally with seeing peep shows on the corners and stuff like that. I really don't care. You, right. you know what? You, you got a permit, go open it. I don't give a yeah, shit. Yeah, and if, if you, you don't want to go store. in, don't go in. Like it hasn't it's just like you don't want to go into that store for what like that clothing store because you don't like their style of clothes. It's the same thing. Right. But this, but the deal is back in those days, for the most part, it was 42nd Street between like let's say 7th and 10th Avenues was everybody knew as that's the CD That's part of New York. That's how big it was. I thought it was just yeah. like well, it's only, it was that only Times really Square two section. Blocks. No, it was like two, two yeah, but, three, three avenues. Yeah, there. but like that area, like over to 10th Street from like 7th to 10th, that is such a dick of a walk. So like that's a well, huge space. Back then there was not a lot of traffic traffic, especially over by like 10th Avenue. Mm-hmm. Um, between 7th and 8th, was mostly like peep shows mm-hmm. between eighth and ninth. There was like a couple of like little theater things too, and you know it was yeah because all Broadway's and been eighth. there. So like Broadway was just like among these like peep shows and shit. Like I don't remember that. Like, yeah, because and- when we came to plays when I was a kid, like. We only came to, I think, like one or two plays. And of course, you know, we just went straight to the theater from like our like hotel and stuff like that. So like I never got to see it. Like I don't remember seeing that kind of Times Square. And I'm sure if I did, like it would be. Yeah, but that's emblazoned. the thing, though. That, the whole point is you if you were with your family, you could avoid any of that. And if you weren't with your family and you wanted to go to like you know, the red light district, like it was there and you knew like I go down this block and that's it. And anybody who walked off your that block, you were like, yeah, all right, perv. Question. Yes. Have you ever been to the red light district? Of Tom? course I was. I went to my first 
triple X movie in a real movie theater when I turned 18. And I was like, I can go to like a real adult movie theater. And I remember walking up and, you were and they excited didn't about even that. ask me to like see my license. And I was like, this is so stupid. <laughs> and then I got in there and I'm like, this is creepy as all hell. I got to What get movie was it? Oh, I have no idea. It's not like, a, it's Dr. Zhivago, I believe. <laughs> I don't know what it was. I have no idea. I, I walked in. Like, I was in there was... literally for like, I don't know. Few minutes. Three I looked days. <laughs> I, I walked in. I looked around. I almost lost my shoe because it got stuck to the floor. And then I was like, "All right, this is a ghoul." You were on like a milk, like a milk jug because your parents hadn't seen you in like three days. It's like two, but <laughs> like but I, no. I think like if you're making that like it was so momentous for you to go there when you turned eighteen. Like, how do you not remember the movie? I don't know. I just don't remember the movie. Like, that whole thing was just such a blur because it was, like, such a crazy rush. Because it wasn't just a movie. I mean, yeah. it was, you know. I've never been in an adult movie theater. I think when I went in, 18 years old, mm-hmm. I got my fake ID. That night, I said I was 21. Didn't use it, though, mm-hmm. that night. Not one person even asked me for my ID to see if I was 18. So I had a fake ID. Went to the adult movie theater. I think I bought, like, horrible, horrible weed. Left it at a bar because the bar didn't proof me. So, like, I lost that. And by the time it was all said and done, I had, like, a couple of drinks. And I was just like, oh, okay, I guess it's time to go home. (laughs) And that was it. So it was, like, this whole built-up thing. And it was, like, every single, like, sin that you can imagine in a, like I said, three-avenue radius. And after it was all said and done... It was like, well, you just that went was back it. to your house. It's like, it just, you know, life just can, it's not like anything, changed. like nothing has changed. Life like just you didn't rolls become on. like a midnight cowboy no, <laughs> on the no. streets of Times Square. Are you sure? No. I'm it seems sure. like, you, it seems like your memory is kind of fuzzy. I wasn't doing that. I wasn't, I wasn't taking over the bank. Like, <laughs> you and Sean Voigt. Yeah. I'm, I'm down in the bank maybe and just trying to like get a sex change operation for, well, whatever. <laughs> maybe that's the way I should have won. Who knows? Maybe, <laughs> maybe. <coughs> I don't know. You know, like it's not a good time for women or pretty LGBT. Much, pretty much. So maybe back then it was a little bit better though. But <laughs> I think between so between ninth and tenth there was nothing. Okay. Like it was just empty. It was just prostitutes between ninth and tenth. Okay, Tom. I are we going to turn this into Tom's trip down no. memory lane? <laughs> I made quite a pretty penny back in those <laughs> days. <laughs> but maybe we're bringing this up because those are the days we're going back to. I mean, new president-elect said there will be more jobs around. But what type of jobs he wasn't really specific about? Like, maybe this is that, the master plan. Maybe, like, we're going to take it seedier. And, you know... Because he is a seedy motherfucker. He is very seedy. But, you know, the weirdest thing that I have heard about him over the last couple of days... Like, because, I mean... You have been consumed with the news. Even more so than I think I have been. And I work work in the the news. news. (laughs) Like, every time I wrote President-elect Donald Trump this week, I wanted to... Like, I felt physically ill. Like, it was like... It was the outcome that they wanted to happen to Malcolm McDowell in A Clockwork Orange. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it was that without thankfully getting that metal shit put in my eye because that, like, just scares me. But, yeah. like, it was exactly, like, just, like, bleh, like 
it was just awful. Well, you know, here's the thing, man. Like, I'll get into the strange shit in a minute, but it was, I think it was just such a shock because of where we live. We were like, there's no way. Because I did not, not one person in my work, in this neighborhood, on that line, and everybody was very vocal on mm-hmm. the line, not one person was for him. The only person that I knew that was for him were both of our parents. Which is, yeah, which... And I understood that because in my head, the way I had it planned out was old people, older people, mm-hmm. and, you know, of course, white men. Everybody knows that right. fucking deal. But older people because every time he said, make America great again, all I thought was... Everyone who's old probably remembers something that was great when they were younger. Mm-hmm. I don't. I'm not there yet, age. Like I don't think when you're middle age, you could think back and say, "Oh, weren't times better back when I was what ten? Yeah, because like you as, didn't know about politics when yeah, you were ten. Yeah, of course. And like, and in our lifetime, we've had such ups and downs. Like our whole lifetime has pretty much been a war. Right. And if somebody and they compare him so much to Ronald Reagan that I and, and, and I don't get the comparison outside of they were both on TV and they were both very good actors. <laughs> and, you know, but, actually, Donald Trump has a Razzie Award for appearing yeah. <laughs> in a 1990 movie and he played himself. Yes. And he was also a wrestler. Let's not forget. (laughs) (laughs) Lest we forget our American hero. So, but I mean, in a situation like this, they compare him to Reagan. I'm trying to think if I was, I don't know, maybe 20 years older than what I am now or even 25 years older than what I am now. Like our parents' age. Like our parents' age. And somebody came along and said they were running, they were going to make America great again. My immediate first thought would go to Obama. And I'd be like, shit, if you can make the country like Obama had it, I will definitely vote for that person. So I can see, because that is my first real like dive into politics. Mm -hmm. I remember when Carter was president. I remember when Reagan was president. But I was too young to really care at all about any of that shit. understand any of it. Yeah, like, I mean, I was a freshman during like the 1992 election. So my civics teacher, because we called the class civics at that point i don't i don't know what the hell they call it these days but um you know and we studied it because she said this is the first election of your lifetime like this is like the first election that you're old enough to be like to understand the process of how we do this and even back then i remember the electoral college being (laughs) confusing as fuck and i'm like i and that's that was like a big turnoff to me because like if i don't understand like if there's like some kind of number involved i just immediately shut down and finally it wasn't until this week that like i realized just how like what that means and how fucked up it is (laughs) (laughs) yeah well we'll get to that too i'll cover that but you know for me like, I would say the first one that I really kind of took notice on was, you know, G.W. Bush, like, the mm-hmm. first. And then, you know, him just – I remember him being president and thinking, like, wow, man, there is a lot of conflict in the world. Because, I mean, he brought out – it just seemed like he had brought out to the forefront a lot of conflict. Mm-hmm. And it was also around the time where information was starting to flow a little bit better. By the time – you know, 
Clinton got elected, information was flowing a lot more. Right. And then you realized how dumb presidents were when little Bush got elected. It was kind of <laughs> like, this guy little is Bush. like, it's like, does somebody not realize that this guy has a mental problem and he's in the White House? <laughs> And now, if only how, they fast forwarded. Well, that's what I'm saying. Though. Like, it's kind of like he, everybody's so panicked about Trump because he's so flying off the handle. But it's not like we haven't had like presidents with mental issues in the past. It, little Bush, I'm sure, was not the first one who, like, you know, had news get out about them very, very quickly about certain things where you were like, man, something might be mentally not right with him. <laughs> I'm sure there was way more presidents before him that had, like, you know, conditions where, I don't know, they're just narcissists or whatever. Because I guess you would have to be to some point anyway. To want to rule the world, yeah. Pretty much, yeah. You rule the biggest country. The free world. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of like, well, you're it. So, like, that part doesn't scare me as much as like some of the questions about like nuclear launch codes and things like that and who he's filling his cabinet with like i said giuliani horrible horrible approval approval rating until and he wants to be attorney general and then there's chris christie that he's going to appoint to something god knows what that's going to turn out to be it's going to be just dennis sitting on the front lawn on always sunny going you fat bitch (laughs) (laughs) like you know Again, it's another one of those situations where the whole country doesn't necessarily understand the entire stories that are happening. Like you said, like when there was protests happening um, or no, no, after the bomb happened here, Mm -hmm. like in the village not too long ago, um, Chelsea area. Mm -hmm. You said you were back in Pennsylvania and the news was about the bomb, right? <laughs> no, I was waiting for them to like because I was getting all my news from like Twitter and shit, and it was like the news was a seven-minute segment on like a Boy Scout troop. So they don't understand Bridgegate. They don't understand that you know Giuliani like fucked New York before he left, but then took a couple of really you know perfectly placed photos and showed the world what a hero he was after right. totally dicking us. So. All they see is, like, funny Giuliani on Saturday Night Live and, you know, Chris Christie, like, you know, memes I don't think where anybody... he's rolling out of a chair and everybody laughs, like, oh, that's... <laughs> or in his baseball uniform. <laughs> it's funny because he's fat. Like, one of those things. Yeah, with his baseball uniform and his... Oh, God Camel damn, toe. man. I was going to say his tiny little dick. <laughs> like, and I feel like maybe that's the other thing. Maybe Trump's getting just a bunch of people in with tiny dicks. And he's like going, hey, boys, this is our chance to it's actually show. It's a tiny show, dick club. Yeah, we could, we could show that we're actually worth something now. And I know that people who support Trump are going to be like more crybabies. And, dude, I'm not. I'm not being a crybaby over it. I'm just saddened by the fact that so many people are so ignorant about what is coming down the line like so many people voted for trump based on the fact that he was going to fix health care he said after his meeting yesterday with obama he might not repeal the obamacare act now he might make some amendments to it so he's already fucked you over you voted for him you didn't see this coming 
He told you no plans. He said he was going to do things, but then didn't give you specific plans of how he was going to do that and what exactly he was going to do that. And when I asked people in my life that said that they were voting for him and fuck Hillary and all this, blah, 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 blah. And I said, but what, how is he going to do? Because they didn't like Bernie because Bernie said he was going to give like free education. Well, how somebody has to pay for it. How do you like whatever? But again, this guy, more people closer to death than they are to life saying they don't want to give anything away. Right. Exactly. <laughs> because their parents came from the depression. So like that, that like not greediness, but that like we have to hang on to what we have because we don't know when we're going to lose it was passed on to our parents because that was their generation for a great many people our parents' age. You know, some are not like that. Yeah, and some of them also I feel like kind of look at it and see like who's using programs and say, well, I'm not funding that group because there was a lot of racism. Mm -hmm. Of course. And that's not to say there's not a lot of racism now, but – up until six months ago, people were smart enough to keep that shit covered up. Right, like, right. Because I'm not saying just why everybody's racist to a point. Everyone is somewhat racist. Sure. And it's just what it is. And, I mean, people will not open up, will, will not own up to that. But it's, it's a fact. Like, everybody has a little bit of racist in them. Yep. No matter what your race is. And now, for whatever reason... White middle class men decided we're going to kind of like we're going to just start like showing our support towards racism because that makes sense. And, you know, one of the other crazy things that I read yesterday was that and this is this this really freaked me out. And I was like, I hope every single mother who voted for him gets to read this. And now has to worry about their kids on a daily basis. The fathers, I don't know, macho shit gets in the way. But Trump wants to pass a bill immediately because everything's immediately with him. Like immediately I'm going to like wipe out ISIS. Immediately I'm going to yeah. fix health care. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But immediately he wants to pass a bill to make concealed weapon permits on a national level. So anybody can get a permit in any state, no matter what your gun control law, and you can carry it across state lines. Because we don't already have enough death and destruction among us. Have we not learned enough about the problem with the guns? You know, and no, I get it. Because... I get the Democrats were like heavy against like a lot of the gun things. Not but nearly they as were... they should. But <laughs> there should have been more. But... Unlike what. Because like I said, like I've said in, in the past on the show, you know, my parent, I come from gun toting Republicans. My parents are hunters, but they're not like and, and I and I, I feel bad when people call people gun nuts and stuff because my entire life I was around guns. I never had the inkling to pick it up. Like, I mean, there was one inside the front door. There was a shotgun that just rested inside the front door, like out in the open. We were told when we were little, do not touch that. And we didn't because we come from a time when, like, you actually listen to your parents and shit. And, like, but I knew that it was, like, it's a gun. He uses it to go hunting. It kills animals that we eat. And it was, like, just, okay, like, that's just something that I don't need to touch because I don't need to fuck around with it. So, like, 
I feel bad for people who are good, decent, smart, responsible gun owners. And then you have these fucking assholes that are at Chipotle's in Texas with their fucking gun hanging out. Like, you don't need a gun at a fucking fast food restaurant. No, you don't. And you're talking about two complete different worlds because comparing, like, the country where you need guns to go hunting to get food to protect yourself because you don't have a police department on every corner like we do in the city i get that that's not that's not the reality of it though because the democrats weren't saying we're going to come to your house and take your guns and but they didn't have to because that was already being told to to them because my parents were like she is gonna come and she's gonna i'm like yes hillary clinton is gonna come to your house in dallas pennsylvania and fucking open up your gun cabinet and take out all your guns they couldn't even find all the guns in your parents house (laughs) look every pillow in order to get them all but seriously but like you know i think that like people just started thinking these like weird like end of the world scenarios where the government was going to come and take all the guns and then take over control of the country Obviously, no one worthwhile wants to take over control of this country because you saw the two candidates we were left with by the time it was all said and done. Like, neither one of them should or could have even. Like, when half of the population hates you from an entire country because it was such a close race, Mm -hmm. you're not the right two candidates. Like, we are not agreeing on any issue whatsoever. No, The gun thing is... Totally ridiculous, though. Like, because, again, the Democrats weren't coming to your house. You weren't told you had to trade your guns in. You were told there was going to be tighter loopholes. People weren't going to be able to go to a show or walk in the back of a parking lot and buy a gun. I don't see a problem with any of that. Yeah. (laughs) And, oh, my God, you people who hate Muslims and hate people from other countries who aren't white like you. It was going to make it harder for, for the people that you that are on like do not fly lists who are the kind of people that you already hate. It was going to make it harder for them to get guns. But now anybody can get a gun. It yeah. doesn't make a difference. So good luck. So w- way to go, America. Which is the other thing, you know, unlike the country where we live, I was as soon as I read the article, my first thought immediately went to St. Nick. Like, St. Nicholas Avenue is, like, you know, one of the avenues that runs, you know, here through Harlem. Um, Depending on what part of St. Nick you're on, it can be, like, really nice and serene and Mm park-like. And other places can be, like, going, holy shit, I am seriously should be, you know, wearing riot gear in order to get through. Because it's scary at Mm -hmm. at certain points of the night. Right. And we have lived in both of those areas. I mean, you know... We've done the scary thing, and now we're not in a scary neighborhood. But we remember what that shit was mm-hmm. like. And I couldn't help but think, like, how many nights did I go to a bodega and watch an argument break out between, like, a drunk idiot and, like, somebody who has worked 16 hours already behind a cash register who didn't even get to take a break for anything. Who has to deal with he's alone. scumbag people coming in and out. And I mean scumbags of any type or right. race or gender because people get fucking crazy sometimes. I mean, it, it was, like, almost guaranteed when we were lower down. Maybe three out of five trips, if you mm-hmm. went to a bodega, there would be a person yelling at somebody behind a counter. Now you're going to say both of those two people can carry guns. Yeah. And it's like, going, are you serious? I watched a woman steal a banana 
and then throw it at the worker <laughs> behind the counter from literally a hundred feet away. And and just You did, you did. And and it was like going and I remember getting home that night and thinking, This woman was so angry. She stole the banana, which I get, because if you're poor and you're hungry, I mean and you're gonna steal something, steal enough so you can eat. Right. But you're not gonna break the people you're stealing from. And chances are a lot of people will look the other way. Mm-hmm. I could just see that happening because that's what community is about. This woman tried to steal a bunch of bananas, got away with one. The guy was like, forget it. Like, she's out the door. She's, they're cursing and screaming at each other. You were that hungry, but you're more mad than you are hungry that you will come back to throw the banana back at the guy you stole it from just to make a point. That person is going to have a gun. Yep. And it's kind of like you see what happened with the school shootings mm-hmm. and the club shootings and like, you know, every single time. And you're too stupid to understand that we just explained to you what the gun part of the election was, what the gun part of the campaigning was. But you were too stupid and only listened to your one station that you listened to or, you know, on both sides, you know, and... Like, you just made guns okay for everyone. And you know when it's not going to be okay? It's going to be when one of your family members gets shot or somebody close to you gets shot. Because with a lot more guns, there's a lot more chances of it. Exactly. And and, And that's the other weird thing. Like, when you get into these small towns... They are so protected from so many of these, like, big city crimes. Mm-hmm. They just don't get it. But at some point in time, this shit spills over. And then that's why you have, like, these periods of, you know, somewhat revolution. And I feel like we have been teetering on the edge of it for so long. Like, you know, for the last couple of years with police violence and, you know, Black Lives Matters more recently and things to that point where, like, we're... At this a tipping is, point. This is the 60s again. Because they want they, the white males that are going to be running your country, are going want to take this back to the 1950s. And what happened after the 1950s? A decade of revolution. Yeah, but also a decade of sex and drugs too, which is well, hey, so man. bad. So, I mean, you know, and from every bad, there's a little glimmer so of hope. Fingers crossed that Trump, the businessman, comes to the meeting for legalization legislation. Well, that's the other thing because he will find a way to make money off of that, which is what you should be doing with it anyway. But if Giuliani is helping to make those laws, it's never going to happen. It doesn't matter what the money is. So it'll be very interesting to see what the businessman who knows he can make, like California saying they're expecting a billion dollars at the end of the year from legalization of recreational marijuana. Mm-hmm. A billion dollars. That was based on just the Colorado winning figures. that now. Like just winning that a month before the end of the year. Right. So now you're looking at it and you're saying, Man, there's a lot of money there. Trump's smart enough to know because Trump speaks in dollars. Trump don't speak in politics. So, you know, when everybody's like, oh, Hillary's such a politician, it's like, don't you want a politician to be a politician as opposed to somebody who's never done anything Except for himself. 
and now you're going to put him in charge of the company. But he doesn't see the world the way the company, the you company. You right. just said company, not the country. The company, yeah. Because, <laughs> well, basically, we're going to be turned into a company, and it will be interesting to see when a very, I would say, stubborn um, Giuliani is in office, and he was like, "No, man." I'm wiping out legalization and Trump's saying not if it's given up like a billion dollars a year per state. Like, you know, I don't. And then what happens? Because now that's a shattered party. So now everything about it is dysfunctional. And you know that it's coming. One of my coworkers came in and we were talking and he was saying he knew back when. Trump was getting elected, but it was pre- as soon as it narrowed down between Trump and Clinton. Yeah, he knew Trump was gonna win, and he is a thirty-year-old black man. He said, even though the big cities would definitely want Clinton to be mm-hmm. their representation, there is no way the people who make elections happen would allow her to become the president because we are having so much turmoil with Muslims country with Muslim countries mm-hmm. and they would never speak to a woman president to try to like come up with things and I didn't even think of that I never even because thought of that culture wise I'm not thinking all that much about Muslims or Muslim religion or anything like that I'm thinking like you know we're at war with a lot of you know, places that have a Muslim population. Mm -hmm. And I know that it's not Muslims we're fighting. It's just, you know. Radical Islam. Yeah, yeah. Which she wouldn't say. And it's a different thing, which she wouldn't say. But, you know, again, if that's why you lost the election, because you didn't say those words, that's ridiculous. If you lost the election because the FBI spilt a story about you and then (laughs) kind of was like, just kidding. Just kidding, JK, JK. Like two days before the election. That's not acceptable. You've been plonked. Yeah. Instead of tuna, it's Trump. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like, there are certain things that are unacceptable. Like, you know, the email server, you know what? You've, ha- you've had that information forever. And she was still ahead on all the polls. But at the end of the day, it's kind of like, who is going to make your kids safer? And it's like going, great, you put a wall around the country. Let's just great. Thanks for back. chaining us all in together. <laughs> I was gonna say, let's just reflect back on a little movie that was on just last weekend, Escape from New York, because <laughs> I feel like just because we have a wall around us doesn't necessarily mean we're protected. If you are surrounded by a bunch of fucking nuts, which apparently we are at this point in time, mm-hmm. because who in their right mind would think giving guns to like anybody to be able but to cross back and forth across straight lines is a good idea? Here's the thing: it's kind of like a purge. And the 1% is going to sit in their ivory towers and they're going to watch the lesser population annihilate each other. But it's not the 1% that was that changed the direction of this. The 1% was pushing for her. It is the mostly very, very uneducated people that are like my age or a little bit younger than me. Who really thought like this is going to be the boost for the white middle class. A billionaire is going to give you a fucking boost. <laughs> a billionaire ain't going to give you shit. Like that's just a way. And the fact that if you he think did, it is. He wouldn't be where he is. Exactly. And, it, and the fact that you think that you're going to get like 
your policies out of him, like he's going to be your champion? No, man, he's not. A politician would like do whatever they had to to make sure they secured your vote again. If he doesn't win in four years, he isn't going to fucking care because he already reached his goal of being king yeah. of the world at this point and, in time. And I know we talked about this too, but when we watched like, you know, the video of him meeting Obama, that was like a very different Trump. It wasn't like the bombastic, like with his finger in the air and his fucking asshole lips pursed or anything like that. He looked like, what the fuck am I doing here? That's what everybody was saying at work today too. They're like everybody. Because he did it on a whim. It was an ego, which is what I think a lot of his business dealings, like he goes on ego, like what will make him puff up, what will make him look good. And I think that he just ran just to see if he could win. Yeah, and he didn't expect he would. I really don't think I he honestly, thought he yeah. was going to win until he was sitting there yesterday with Obama, and he looked like, what, what the, the fuck, fuck am I supposed to yeah. do now? Like, what am I supposed to do? And that, I think, is telling of him coming out of an hour and a half meeting with the president and saying, I'm not going to change Obamacare. And it's kind of like, wait a minute. And Your the and, main platform was Obamacare. And the, the Muslim ban, which has since been removed from his website. And so has gay rights, because he took that off his website. Originally, he said that he would repeal gay marriage. Mm-hmm. Now that's removed from his website. So everything that you haters have supported him for. He's turned It's mysteriously, <laughs> and it hasn't even been... Two fucking days. <laughs> well, it has been. It's been like it's three been days. Three days total, man. But it's nuts that this is what it is. So I don't know. I mean, thankfully he's taken some of that stuff down. Apparently, who but who knows what he's gonna do? With right, him. but that's it. He since he said it before, he can easily go back to it and be like, "I told you guys I was gonna do this." But if he doesn't do it, it'll be like going, "I changed my mind because I wanted to." So yeah. I took it off my website. Like either way, he doesn't lose. You know who loses? The people that elected him. Those are the ones who lose. And the people that didn't elect him that are now stuck with him. Those are the people that lose. I don't agree with the people protesting, mind you. Like, I think if they were smarter, instead of spending three nights marching down, you know, city streets to, Mm -hmm. like, have him get impeached or whatever, it's a matter of he now is president. There's nothing you could do right. about it. You should have taken that time and called every one of your family members or friends or whatever across the country and said, listen, man, don't be the fuck up state because <laughs> this is what it's going to come down to. Like, how do you win Michigan? Like, Michigan is not like I don't know anything a Trump about thing. Michigan. Like, Michigan is very industrial and, you know, like there's EPA sanctions that were in place. And I mean... Like, a bunch of stuff went wrong in Michigan over the years. And now, all of a sudden, it's kind of like, all right, look, man, you may not live, like, the best lives. But at the end of the day, you're not completely destroying the planet. And then, you know, I think a lot of people kind of understood that for the most part. Yeah. I think a lot of people get bitter, kind of like in Pennsylvania, where they want the coal mines back and blah, 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 all this stuff. And then if you get the coal mines but back, nobody wants who the, the coal fuck mines wants to work back. there? Yeah. You know? Nobody wants them back. And then the people in Michigan, who the fuck wants to work in a factory job? Like, all of this stuff, like, you're putting together and you're saying, oh, this is what's going to make America great again. And it's kind of like, those things aren't going to make America great again. Technology, things that are going to just show Better the people and better the people. Right. I mean, those things are what 
is going to be worthwhile. But we're not doing that. We're giving, we're giving you back the shitty life that you automated to get away from. That's what we're going to give you back. And we're going to just be like, you know, screw these nuts and bolts together. Mow that lawn. Because yeah, mindless work. You are it. And then at the end of the day, yeah, maybe jobs go down to like 20% unemployment rate instead of 30% unemployment rate. The lowest that it has been in, you know, since forever. And now all of a sudden it's kind of like, yeah, everybody got jobs, but not one person wants the job they got. So what's the fucking point? Exactly. Can we be done with this segment? Yes, my God. <laughs> so what are we going to do now? Rolly Poly Rorty. All right. <laughs> Rolly Poly Rorty. Rolly Poly Rorty. So, this week? You went back to work. I went back to work. It's not been easy. What's been the hardest thing for you? Um... Waking up and going to sleep. I don't know. <laughs> no, actually, I gotta say, I've been sleeping all right. Um, as, especially since the operation in general. So that hasn't. Mm-hmm. That's been much, much better. Um, wake, which makes make waking up easier. Uh, luckily, I would say the f- up till, I would say more than. I would say probably the first three days this week I was in my office alone. So like there was no smelling of food. There was no like, you know, hearing of soda cans popping open or anything like that. I'll hide the soda can sitting between us. That's okay. (laughs) But I mean, you know, like, you know, on the fourth day when my roommate had returned, we were sitting there. And you nuzzled noses because you hadn't seen each other in six weeks. I didn't miss him because it's been a long time. (laughs) But like, you know, we're sitting in the office and then... Everything was fine. I had oatmeal in the morning. I'm like going, all right, this is working out the way it did the first three days. Day mm-hmm. four is going pretty good. And next thing you know, he comes rolling in at lunchtime with a slice of pizza. And I was just like, Mother I just want to just grab him by the throat, choke him out, and eat his pizza. <laughs> and and then I was like, wow, I got to get out of here. And unfortunately, we're in a very busy part of our season. So... Mm-hmm. You and know, plus you work not... near Trump Tower, so things are a little bit crazy. Things are very crazy <laughs> over there, like with, you know, them stopping cars and pulling mm-hmm. them over and checkpoints and stuff like that in the middle of the streets. Like, it's it's very, very weird. I remember when they turned 42nd Street like that. Like, after the towers went down and they kind of started, like, really blocking off, like, mm-hmm. Broadway at 42nd and making it, like, no cars yeah. going through it yeah. or anything like that. That's kind of what it's starting to become around Trump Tower yeah. right now. And it's just so weird how, like, it's almost militarizing the city. Yeah. But, you know, it's the only place I could really walk. So, like, I got to walk past this chaos or I really can't go out for lunch. If I go the other way, I'm in the middle of... Times Square and nobody wants that. Forget it, man. Like, and it hasn't even no been... situation. And, like, the tree is going up in, like, a week or two. Oh so it's Which going to be east. just... Yeah, it's <laughs> going to be just, like... A nightmare for you to get in and out at all. Yeah, it's been it's been a little bit nutty. But, I mean, overall, I would say, like, you know, the hardest thing was definitely, like, trying to get used to, like, other people eating food. The day after the election, my boss came in my office and was like, I'm ordering lunch for the entire floor. Like, what do you want? And I was like, well, I'm halfway done with my oatmeal from this morning at 930. And by this disgusting. time, it's already one. And I'm like, oh, I think I'm just going to finish the other half of my oatmeal. That's disgusting. And I'm just like, Just Man. save it for the next day. My God. Why would saving it for an extra day be less disgusting than eating it like a few hours later? 
Because you could <laughs> microwave it again. Because I know that you're not running to the microwave every 20 minutes to heat it up when you take one of I'm your not. little tiny tablespoons of it. I'm totally not. Disgusting. But, but I mean, aside from that, I would say schedule-wise, you know, it's really it's not been, been okay. that bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay. it's been busy, but, you know. It's, well, that's, it's a that's nice probably change. good. That's probably good that it's keeping you busy too right now because you're not like sitting there thinking about food or, or things like that. And, you know, not to keep like talking about the election, which, you know, this whole episode has been about, but was it hard? Like, did you, did you have to fend off, you know, like eating with your emotions as you were like watching this red and blue switch back and forth throughout the night? I wanted to. Yeah. I don't know what drove me to the kitchen, but something kept just pulling Pulling me in in there. I would I would get up from the couch. And I mean, seriously, we're talking at like one o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. All y'all were asleep. So it was like just me. And I would just like get up in the middle of them talking and I would like go in the kitchen. I would turn a light on. I would open up the refrigerator. I'd close it. I would look at the counter because we don't really have a lot of stuff in there. Like we no. really don't. Like, but I mean, there was stuff to eat. Like I could have been like going, "Oh, I can, you know, just binge on up. tiny little things that you had for yourself." Right. Yeah. I'm like, I can have a pudding. I can have another oatmeal. I can have. And I was just like going, I don't want any of this. I'm not hungry for any of this. You're just but antsy. I just yeah. keep getting up and looking for something to eat. And then I have to think about it. I'm like, oh, man, do I really want to go back down this path again of getting another operation like this in six years because this one failed and try to start over? I was like, I'm not doing that, man. There's no way. That hurt too much. All right. So. Well, good to know. Well, I'm glad that the week went well. And Thank you. I think we could bring this one to a close. Shall we? Ah, So why don't you tell me how work was this week, Nikki? It was very, very busy. It was very, obviously, you know, I mean, I start my day at like 5 a.m. So when I came in on Wednesday, my boss was still there. He was kind of like half asleep at his desk because he'd been there from like noon the day before, 10 o'clock the day before. And, but it was also, this was the first time that I, as a journalist, was working in the realm of news. Like I was always in entertainment, you know, and like features and things like that. So like this is the first time that I was like a news reporter for a political election, you know, well, obviously for, you know, a presidential election, I should say. And it was like it made me sick, like physically sick, you know, to write president elect Donald Trump. But like I was getting word out to people and we were doing like a lot of original reporting as well. And, you know, it was just like really exciting as scary as it was. It was exciting to be part of the press because the press, I think it's an important factor right now. And, you know, a lot of people hate us, but without us, what would you know? Well, yeah, definitely. And is there out of the stories that you had a chance to write one that stands out in particular? <laughs> there is. There is. I had my first, like, huge, huge hit-getter this week. Um, it was a story about the first night of protests that were taking place here in New York. And I spoke to one of the, you know, just on a whim, I reached out to them, and they got back. Like, it just kind of worked out. And I had, like, a really good, you know, patch of quotes from this guy. And the story went on to get, like, it ended up getting, like, 62,000 hits. Nice. Yeah. In a was, day. In, well, well, in, in a, day in a two-day span, but, like, yeah. the first day it had, like, 50,000 hits, and it was just, like... That's huge wow, for a one-day story. Like, that is incredible, you know? It's just, like, 
And and then like you look and see like this protest was just going to be in Union Square and then it ended up becoming not just a protest, but like an entire movement from, you know, lower midtown up to, you know, this mass that fucked up traffic and, and things like that. Yeah. So, I mean, got people you know, arrested and yeah, people got arrested. And I mean, for what's the point? But, you know, man, they they, they got to get it out because because they don't all have a podcast. They don't all have a podcast, and <laughs> open carry hasn't been freaking <laughs> changed yet. Oh my gosh! But I know a lot of people who you know have taken part in the, in the protests, and you know a lot of my coworkers covered it um, because they're field reporters and stuff. So it was you know it was very it was very poignant to be part of this. So all right, yeah. Well, look at you every Lucy week, Nikki. every week a little bit better. As long as we could just get that schedule under control, man. That's all we would need. <laughs> yeah, oh, good I mean, Lord. It, it's, it's rough. It's rough. I bet. So. I'm ready for Did You Know that I've heard so much about. Did you know? Oh, my God. How many times did you almost blow Did You Know? Like 47 because someone didn't share the timeline with me although i did and i explained it to you like 15 times like how we were like setting up like you know the show sequence but it's cool it doesn't it's make good a difference now. We it's finally good now. Made mario it. lopez still got to do his mario lopezing so let's get to did well you since know. you have a copy of did you know would you like to no it, I, it's not my segment all right did you know or rather do you know what the electoral college is I do know now, but I'll let you explain it to well, me. Well, let me explain, because I feel like there's a lot of people <laughs> that don't know. Like, like seriously, there is a lot of people that don't know. So here's the situation with the Electoral College. The Electoral College was established by the U.S. Congress back in 1789. Why? The Founding Fathers did not like the idea of a popular election. They were concerned that the president would always come from states with high populations. They also wondered if the public would have the knowledge necessary to make a wise choice. Obviously, wrong. <laughs> yeah, well, wah, wah, wah. obviously, they did not have a 24-hour news service as we do today. Not that it mattered. <laughs> the Electoral College is not a college at all, but electors chosen from each state. The Electoral College processes. <laughs> Process is used to select the president and vice president of the United States. Good one. Thank you. <laughs> How the Electoral College works. The people in each state vote for the president. The results in a state determine which electors are selected for which state. All the electoral votes for that state go to the candidates that gets the most votes in his state. Or her state. Or her state, or her you her white state. male I little, bastard. I literally just said that. The electoral vote for all 50 states are added, and the candidate with the majority of votes wins. How many Lots. votes does... I didn't write this. How many <laughs> How many electoral votes does each state get? Remember, the number of uh, electors from each state is based upon the state's representation in Congress. For example, the most popular state, California, has 55 electors. Mm -hmm. The least popular state, Alaska, Delaware, Montana, North Dakota, South Dakota, Vermont, and Wyoming, all have three electors each. How many electoral votes are required to win? You ask. 
<laughs> I was like, oh, this would have been nice if he would have been like, hey, why don't you ask the question card? You want to? No, it's over now. Well, it's not a play. It's a did you know? But you have just talked through this entire fucking episode. So well, you keep, better fucking jump in we're coming to an end. Thank God. Keep going. There are a total of 538 electoral votes. To be elected, a candidate must receive a majority of the electoral votes, at least 270. How do we arrive at 538 electoral votes? Now please tell 100 me. senators, 435 representatives in the House, and three electors for Washington, D.C. That's 538 electoral votes. I'll take your word for that, Mr. Math. Now, can I just say one thing? Oh, uh, of course. Because... Is there any stopping you? In researching this, there was such a great analogy. They're like going... Like, our forefathers didn't want what they're, they're calling the wolf mentality. Where if there is two wolf and a sheep and... And let's say the popular vote wins. The two wolves are always going to vote on eating that sheep. And the sheep has no chance whatsoever. Okay. Ever. Okay. Ever. So. Ever. The point they were trying to make was it can't be a popular vote because at some point there will be a group of people against another group of people. And if group number one is bigger, they're going to get. Right. The presidency and the power to do whatever they want to. Ironically, however, though, the Electoral College puts somebody in the White House that's going to do exactly that. A person with an agenda. Like the wolf, the whole wolf analogy. The wolf actually, is in the White House. The wolf is in the White House. <laughs> yeah, exactly what I'm trying to say. And that is this week's Did You Know? Did you know? Okay, I don't think we have much more to say after that, so... <laughs> no, I, I'm burnt on it, man. Yeah, you should like, be, Tom. I am. You should be. My throat's a little sore. It I can should, use a yeah. drink. We'll get you some hot tea, because... I think you, I need it. I think I need it. You and Mario really uh, yeah, went balls deep on this. I think so. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, just... It's aggravating that the whole situation happened the way that it did. I mean, being in the city and just being bamboozled and thinking that would be enough... But at the end of the day, uh, you know, the dude's our president. We just got to deal with it now. And Don't I think all the protesting. Just OK, can I talk? Whatever. I think the only thing that's left to say is. You maniacs, you blew it up. <laughs> God damn you. God damn you all to hell. And that will do it for us, everybody. If you want to learn more about The High Regard Show, check out thehighregardshow.com. And you can email us at highregardshow at gmail.com. And you can always follow along on social media at highregardshow. <laughs> i got to find a better way to say all that. <laughs> yeah, I think we're getting it. Like, we're going to get there. We'll find it. We're only at show 59, so all we'll right. figure it out as I we go I got some time. I got some time. Learning as I go. Goes. All right, everybody. Be safe and have a good week. Godspeed. Godspeed.